Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Glenn back, old man Grognard, on this Tuesday morning, day after Memorial Day. Hope you guys had a good Memorial Day weekend. I did. It was kind of quiet. Got a few things done. It was nice. So, we have a few role-playing things. I actually got a voicemail from Matt Jackson at Matt Random about the last show I did about acting and accents. And let's take a listen. Hey, Glenn, this is Matt. It's a good uh, topic you brought up today. Myself as a GM, I really struggle with doing accents and giving life to my characters. Um, I don't do accents very well, and so I always feel stupid doing them. And that, of course, makes me a little uneasy at the table, and so I tend to not do them, which I think does affect the uh, immersion of my uh, games for the players. So I guess that's something I need to work on. So, good topic, man. And uh, good podcast you got going there. Keep it up. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate that. Now, you say you don't use accents. Okay, fine. That's perfectly all right. As I said before, I have played in games with people who do not use accents at all. And I find the immersion was great. Because they believed in what they're doing. And it wasn't the same old, same old. What I mean is... Even though they're not acting and doing accents and things like that, they are giving it the attention to the story that sucks in the players into the story. So it's a good thing. Accents and acting is something you can overlay. Like I said, it's not for everyone. Some people are uncomfortable, like you, and... Frankly, some people don't do it very well, but I admire people who do do it, whether they do it well or not. It's kind of like karaoke. <laughs> There's quite a few karaoke people, people who sing karaoke out there that are bad, which is gives it its kind of its its infamous rep. But at the same time, I've heard some fantastic singers in karaoke bars. So. Do if you can. Keep going if you don't. And if you want to work on it, that's great. There's plenty of things out there, YouTube and otherwise, that you can watch or read or things like that. I've seen a lot of good stuff on YouTube about accents from people who who do it for a living as far as coaching people in it to people who actually have the accent and they show you how they talk. And there are certain people like there's a few Brit, there's some Brits out there who can break it down by region if you want to do regional accents. See, when I said I had a standard accent for certain things like like British, I do have the standard accents, but if I can do a regional accent, it's even better. So this is kind of an addendum to what I was talking about last time. Because, like I said, I've got this guy, this this uh, this accent right here, 
that is very upper class. And then I've got this guy down here who is more cockney, more, you know, he's more lower class like this. But I can do a variation on it. I'm very proud of my Liverpool accent. You know, you're watching off Beatles, you get the, get the Liverpool accent like this. And then you've got these guys up here who do this very, very posh accent, more of a Terry Thomas type thing. There's a lot of fun. And of course, you've got the old campaigners that would just sit there and bore you to death with stories. I remember when I was in the Fifth Fusiliers, and I was, you know, that, those kind of guys. So you can you can vary you can you can change it up a bit if you can, but if you just have a standard like British accent, use it. Or the one thing that gets me is I know people still do this, but if you got if you got a DM who they try to play the part, but they're kind of stiff. It's kind of like watching a wooden actor, but I go with it because. They're committed to it. They commit to it. That's the whole thing. Whatever you do, commit to it. Whatever you do, even if it's the wrong thing, commit to what you're doing. And these people, they will play the standard, say, barkeep. Oh, yes, they'll talk like this. And they'll sound gruff. Or the standard dwarf. Well, you know, anything. But but they're committing to it. They're, you're, you're, you're interacting with the character. You're still interacting with another player. So it's a good thing. You know, there's a lot of things in acting that really don't apply to here, like, you know, picking up your cues and timing. Well, timing, but get get the, the basics down first. But like I said, things like cues and stuff that's and, and blocking, that's, that's a, an acting thing, so I didn't cover that. But these things, I hope they help. Matt, thank you for sending me the voicemail. Thank you. So let us go on to what I wanted to talk about today was movie plots. I'm going to start out by saying, when I started in role-playing, I felt a little shut out. And what, what I mean that by that is not shut out per se, but kind of looked down on because I didn't come from a reading background. And I got to explain that further because I did read. I'm a voracious reader. I've been a voracious reader, but it's just all game books now. Well, not all game books, but I'm a cinephile. I love movies. Maybe it's because, you know, they're on TV all the time or at the time, but or I grew up in L.A. or something like that, but I love movies. That's what led me to acting. So I would rather watch a movie than read a uh, fiction story. See, I am a voracious reader, but I just don't read fiction all that much. Like I said, I read the class. I read some of the classics. I read, you know, Sherlock Holmes and uh, Raymond Chandler and things like that. But these people are playing D and D. They're the ones who went out and read like Howard or Lieber or some, you know, the science fiction things. And I just, I couldn't. I, I don't know why. I just. I would rather watch a movie because to me, pictures were a thousand words. Well, yeah, but this is a picture in your mind. You know, you got the, uh, and I said, well, maybe that's the problem for some people because, you know, when somebody's running a game, everybody's running it in his, their mind. I'm running it in my mind. And if it doesn't match up to what they expect, they don't like it. But that that's another story altogether. 
I just felt like I I was looked down on because I did not have a quote unquote literary background because of the way Dave and Gary based it on their reading of like pulp fantasy and things like that. I, I've learned to ignore that, but I want to bring up the fact that movies are your best entertainment. No, movies are a great source of plots. Now, someone once said, I can't remember who it is, which is par for the course in this show, that there's only 36 original plots in the world. That may be, and I wouldn't doubt it. But if you watch movies, you'll see a lot of these plots and a lot of the way they change them up. Now, I'm going to start off by talking about one movie that is fresh in my mind. I wasn't going to start with this, but it's fresh in my mind because I just watched it the other day. It's a Western. It's called Ride the High Country. Starred Randolph Scott and Jill McRae, and it was directed by Sam Peckinpah. It's one of his first hits. And it's basically a Buddy Road movie. There's a lot of them out there. And Westerns seem to be able to do it well. A few things, things like True Grit and things like that. I will get to that later. But Ride the High Country has a premise of two old cowpokes in the turn of the century are charged to bring gold out from a mining camp to the bank where they will go up there and basically perform an exchequer function. In other words, gold for cash. And bring the gold back to the bank. That's their job. On the way, they stop at this one very religious preacher's house. Not really a preacher, kind of itinerant thing. Well, he lives alone with his daughter. And his daughter is getting pretty fit up with him. She's getting chafed at it because she had a guy in the mining camp, which she thinks is evil. Mining camp's evil. Everybody there is evil. That wants to marry her. And he keeps telling her not to go. Or he won't let her go. Nobody's good enough for her and all this. But they stay the night. And the young guy that the two cowpokes brought with them, one of them was his partner, kind of falls in love with her, you know. And so they sleep in the barn and they go out the next day. And next thing you know, she's ditching her father and go with him. So now they got a load. And so we have to deal with the miners. And the miners are a pretty rough bunch. There's this one family, the Hammonds, where she's going to marry into probably the handsomest. But the other ones are like real, real sleaze balls. And they're all brothers, like, you know, they got L.Q. Jones and uh, Warren Oates is a couple of the brothers. And she goes up there and actually marries the the best-looking one, James Drury. And she finds out what a mistake that was. Because they don't say it in the movie. I didn't think they could say it at the time. This was like the 60s. But they don't say it. But the brothers are going to probably have their way with her, too. And so it turns out that after they get the gold stuff done, they have to deal with getting her back to her father and taking her away from them. 
for her own safety, and they fight them all the way back. Not all the way back. But then in the middle of it, one of the cow pokes and the young kid decide to steal the gold. I mean, they had that plan all along. One of them is like upright and, you know, one of the cowpokes is upright citizen. You know, he, he wants to go into his house justified and he's a God-fearing guy. The other one's kind of cynical. You can tell that the world's beat him down and he's come really cynical and him and the kid were going to steal the gold. But anyway, that's pretty much the plot right there. Now, it's a buddy movie. It's a, I mean, it fits into, uh, let's take fantasy. I mean, I'm... We're talking about a lot of genres here, but let's talk fantasy, because basically you're going to use this in D&D or whatever. Well, to me, Westerns are great for D&D, because they got such interesting plots that can be adapted to this. This is basically a form of the quest. And it's also a form of the, how shall I say it, the interrupted quest. Not really interrupted, but... They're going up to do a job, and all of a sudden, they've got her with them. They've got a load. And they have to deal with that, too. I mean, they finish their business, and they get the gold. But now they got to deal with getting her to safety. And so, it's kind of a bit running, running the gauntlet. Not much of a gauntlet, but I mean, they attack him once, and then they attack... When she gets back home, she finds out her father's dead because they got there first, and then, you know, that's the climax of the movie. But, you know, they're they're fighting a battle all the way. And that's good for role-playing. That's really good for role-playing. You get this bunch of people who have to... Let's, let's say it's not... Let's say it's papers... Let's say it's papers from a kingdom, top secret papers for some kind of defense that has to get to this other kingdom, but there's this third kingdom who want to interfere with that and stop them. Or it could be gold. It could be gold. It could be jewels. It could be priceless object yacht things like that, that they have to transport from point A to point B. And in the middle, they meet some kind of complication where they have to either deal with it or take the load if you have another one character who's a load. So you have that too. My cattle drive scenario is perfect for this. For one, cattle drives involve a lot of different things. And secondly, the characters are not part of the cattle drive per se. They they are the advanced scout. So they have to go ahead and kind of troubleshoot all this stuff. So their goal is to get the cattle from point A to point B or help get the cattle from point A to point B. In the meantime, they got to deal with all this other crap. So that fits in really good with the genre for that. And you can have dissension in the ranks like the guy trying to steal the gold. Maybe there's a thief that they're working with who isn't exactly honest. Oh, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a big, big shock, isn't it? But he's one of those rogues with a heart of gold because in the movie, the other they don't get away with it. The first guy stops him, and he basically was going to take him in to have the sheriff arrest him for trying to steal the gold. 
but the guy, the old guy, his partner, because they were big, big friends, the, the partner was feeling bad about it. So he basically took off to go get another horse and things. And he comes back right back at the climax to help save the day. So it's kind of a Star Wars, A New Hope. Han goes off to go pay his debt to Jabba. And they go attack the Death Star, and Han shows up the last minute because his conscience, and same thing, you know. So you had that dynamic working, and you can throw anything at him. I love these kind of stories; we can throw anything at him. So that's a good way of going. Ride the High Country. It's a good movie. It really is, and it's not your usual peck and paw blood and gore and cynical. Well, it is cynical, kind of cynical, uh, fest. It's like one of his first hits. So he hadn't really gotten going with things like The Wild Bunch yet, or Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, or something like that. And it's got some really good things in it. So I would recommend that highly to watch it. And that's pretty much my suggestion for the movie this time. I'm going to be doing a series of these because they're on my mind. Westerns seem to be the most popular. Another another uh, genre I want to look at is film noir, because there's a couple in there that, that will fit in the category. It, it's You're going to see a lot of things similar, like The Quest, because that's what heroes do, or The Job. So you're going to see a lot of that in here. Just be forewarned, forearmed, you know what I'm saying. Anyway. Thank you for for listening again. And until next time, I will leave you, tell you to keep the dice warm, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.